Welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. Last night, we had a, a, a pretty fantastic Monday night football game, went into overtime. We had some injuries happen that we'll talk about, very, very sad injuries. And it is Tuesday after the first week of the season, which means it is waiver wire day. So we're going to break down some players that you need to be adding and more. So why don't we sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. First things first, and that is the play of the day. And yesterday, we were treated to Brees Hall being back. This was an 80-something yard run. I don't remember the exact yardage, but a fantastic run that would have been a touchdown if Garrett Wilson stopped celebrating and actually went to try to pick up a block. Whatever. That's going to be in the film room. Garrett Wilson, I'm sure, will get better about that going forward. The big takeaway there is that Brees Hall is back back he was electric yesterday had over 100 yards on very limited carries had one reception for 20 yards looked fantastic and might i say might i give a little take on wake and take Brees hall is right back to being in the top three maybe top two dynasty running backs i think after this week we realized that it shouldn't have really changed Bijan can still be number one whatever but i still do think kenneth walker and Brees hall should be right behind him with maybe Jameer Gibbs being number four. But a fantastic performance from Brees Hall. Looks like even 85, 80% Brees Hall is better than half the league. What a what a run that just was. What a game by him. What a game by the Jets in general as they pull off the victory in overtime off of an electric punt return by an undrafted rookie. Does not get much better than that. A great way to kick off this season's Monday Night Football. But what made it really sad almost, again, especially to start the game, is that Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles with uh, really the first drive. Four snaps. Four snaps he got to play for the New York Jets. A little comedy here, and I hate to do it, but, you know, he. <laughs> I was scrolling Reddit last night, and it was like, the, it was, there was like one post, it was like, Aaron Rodgers runs out onto the field carrying an American flag for the New York Jets. You know, you watch the clip. And then the very next post is cart is coming out for Aaron Rodgers. And it's like, damn, what did you do while carrying that American flag? Obviously nothing while doing that, but I thought it was a very, a very funny little back-to-back -back post there. But in terms of the injury, this is probably a career ender for Aaron Rodgers, given the age, given the type of injury, given the road to recovery. I, it's very, very tough for me to imagine a picture of him coming back and especially performing at the level he has. Injuries ending career are never, ever what you want to see, especially for a Hall of Fame player like Aaron Rodgers. But I really, I, I mean, you need your Achilles as a quarterback. Uh, you've got to use your foot to plant and everything. And it's just, I, I feel like if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm just doing my ayahuasca. I'm doing my darkness retreats and I'm, I'm leaving. But I'm sure we'll find out in a couple weeks here that Aaron Rodgers is on yet another darkness retreat, figuring out what he's going to do after recovering from this injury, if he's going to come back or if he's going to retire. That's going to turn into one of the bigger storylines of this year. Um, and just my heart does go out to Aaron Rodgers. It looked like he had turned a new leaf, become a better person, was leading this team, uh, took the took the pay cut to try to make this team competitive. And I mean, they were all fired up. We saw great hard knocks from him. 
And then, of course, it ends in, I mean, literally the worst fashion possible as quickly as possible, too. Just as it started, Aaron Rodgers' New York Jets was already over. I do want to say, though, shout out to Zach Wilson for giving an impressive performance. We will talk about those in a second. Just one more injury to monitor. Austin Eckler did pick up an ankle injury. There's not too much out there yet, but it's something to keep track of for sure, especially as Joshua Kelly is becoming a hot waiver wire ad. Um, If more comes out, you'll also need to be picking up Elijah Dotson. But again, we'll be discussing that later as this is literally the waiver wire show. I'm going to be talking about the waiver wire. So um, let's just go ahead and move on to my Monday Night Football takeaways. And this was a fantastic game. Like I said, the Jets won it in overtime off of a punt return. uh, And really, the Jets had no business being in this game. Zach Wilson, like I said, was okay. Uh, He was 14 to 21, 140 yards, a touchdown and interception, was making some good throws, had the great Garrett Garrett Wilson touchdown, you know, and, and, you know, a little bit of uh, scrambling as well. He had four carries for six yards. Um, and I mean, he's going to be the quarterback for the rest of the year, right? I mean, Mike White is gone. And so it's, it's the Zach Wilson show in New York. So it was a good performance by him. Obviously ended up getting the win in his, in, in taking over. So you obviously can't knock him there, but the only reason the jets were even in this game is because Josh Allen looked terrible. He had three interceptions all to the same player and also a lost fumble. And he also had a fumble that he didn't lose. So two fumbles, one of them lost, and three interceptions by Josh Allen last night. 29 to 41, 236 yards, and a touchdown. Yes, the Jets' defense is really good, but a lot of those interceptions were honestly terrible. Bad reads, bad throws. They didn't need to be up there, taking way too many risks. Hopefully he figures it out, and that isn't how the trend goes the rest of the season because I did actually pay up for Josh Allen in one of my Superflex leagues uh, this year. You know, I, I... Let's hope, you know, he bounced back, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to worry too much. Uh, you know, you're allowed to have bad week ones. Joe Burrow just had a bad week one. The Jets defense is very good. So, you know, it, I'm not going to overreact here yet, but that was a terrible, and I mean a terrible performance by Josh Allen. I don't care that the completion percentage was there. Those interceptions were truly, truly abysmal, abysmal interceptions. I honestly have no clue what he was thinking with those throws, I really, I, I don't get it. I, I, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, but you know, sometimes that's just what happens, especially with a gunslinging quarterback like Josh Allen. If someone is selling him now, they saw that performance. They're like, you know what? I'm out on Josh Allen. You know, last season he ended the year pretty poorly. Now he comes out and plays poorly again in week one. I think Josh Allen might be over. Well, if that, if there's a league made in your league saying that stuff, well, then that means you need to go trade for him because he's definitely still worth buying uh, and still one of the more elite quarterbacks in this league, especially for fantasy football. With the rushing upside, he did have 36 rush yards, which was great to see. Almost had a rushing touchdown, but decided to throw it instead at the last second. So again, that upside is there. That floor is there. Josh Allen is still fine. Just a little bit worried about his decision-making. The Bills do need to get themselves another weapon because, I mean, it, it was just lock-on to Stephon Diggs, staring down Gabe Davis, uh, sometimes even staring down Deontay Hardy. Really, 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 really bad performance by Josh Allen. I, I, I'm just going to leave it at that now. Just a bad, bad game by him. But the And we talked about Brees Hall having the fantastic day. 10 carries, 127 yards, and a reception for 20. So 147 yards off of 11 touches. And this is a guy who was only at, you know, probably 80% 
for this game. When he's at 100%, he's ridiculous. So congratulations to everyone that listened to me and bought low. Been saying since the Dalvin Cook signing in redraft, in Dynasty, by Brees Hall, it doesn't matter. He was incredibly efficient last year, had less than a 50% snap share, but still number six in points per game. Here we are looking at him again, one of the most explosive running backs in the league and uh, on a great offense now. And I mean, Zach Wilson uh, being the quarterback means that they'll probably have to rely on this Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook combo a little bit more as well. So Brees Hall still buy a buy high for me. And Dalvin Cook is also probably a buy a buy low because he got tons of usage. He actually did 13 carries and three receptions. That's really good to see if these guys, Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook continue in this 50-50 timeshare. Both of them will be fantasy relevant. I think you could get Dalvin Cook for pretty cheap because he was incredibly inefficient um, and didn't score a touchdown. And Brees Hall looks so good. But I still do think that Dalvin Cook will have some good games and will especially have a decent floor given the the receptions that he's probably going to get. So Dalvin Cook, a buy low. Brees Hall, a buy high. Alan Lazard looked good. Garrett Wilson looked good. That touchdown grab was there, of course, a fantastic touchdown catch by him. I would say that Garrett Wilson, you know, still hold on to him. Don't sell him. I also wouldn't pay up for him either as his price is so expensive. And now he has Zach Wilson throwing him, throwing, throwing to him the rest of the year. But he still should be really good. Probably still at least top uh, 16 at the lowest. So, I, you know, you're not going to get too burned if you did draft Garrett Wilson. The ceiling has definitely taken a hit, unfortunately. But, you know, he's the type of player that he's going to be fine. We saw him produce well last year with worse quarterbacks and Zach Wilson being one of them. So Garrett Wilson still ultimately fine, but hopefully can get some touchdowns. No receiver here had more than 50 yards. And that's probably going to be a similar case all year, really. Uh, I mean, Zach Wilson's not going to be throwing for a ton of yards. I'm sure there'll be a couple games there where he does. But, I mean, we only see 140 here in the Bills where they were playing catch-up most of the game. It was a very good game script for them. Even if they weren't behind a lot, they were still behind most of the game. So we'll see how it goes in the yardage department. Garrett Wilson should still be fine. uh, But you're going to have to hope for some touchdowns, and that ceiling is definitely limited. And one more takeaway here. You need to be buying James Cook. Those of you who rostered him are not upset with his performance. You're not happy with the performance. He gave you a decent floor. He had 12 carries for 46 yards and also four receptions for 17 yards. And that's the type of usage that he's going to get week in, week out. James Cook is the essentially the bell cow here. Uh, Damian Harris only had one carry and two receptions. Latavius Murray only had two carries and one reception. Um, so both Damian Harris and Latavius Murray both had three touches each. James Cook had 16. I, it's going to be like that basically all year. One big concern for me was that Latavius Murray was in on the two-minute drill instead of James Cook, which I thought was a little odd. Uh, James Cook did end up coming in uh, later, uh, but still Latavius Murray started that drive. So I don't know. It's interesting. I think I am picking up Latavius Murray in my very, very deep leagues in case an injury happens to Damian Harris. I think Latavius Murray will end up being relevant there. But Damian Harris and Latavius Murray, basically the same player right now, given the given the usage. And I might even say that Latavius Murray might be ahead of Damian Harris on this depth chart. He was, I mean, he was used a little bit more. And like I said, he was in on the two-minute drill, and that does mean something. And Stephon Diggs. Surprisingly, had himself 100 yards against Sauce Gardner. A very, 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 very good game by him. Um, you could tell he was upset that they lost, but you know who wouldn't be? That was a tough game. 
and the rookie Dalton Kincaid also looked pretty good for receptions for 26 yards. He did out receive Dawson Knox, but they did receive the same amount of targets. I'm sure that's going to be similar all year, really. Dawson Knox, the more traditional tight end with Dalton Kincaid getting a little bit more interesting usage, running the like uh, nice routes and uh, playing a little bit more wide receiver maybe, but both of them will probably still have their weeks. Dawson Knox, I would probably put my money on scoring more touchdowns than Dalton Kincaid over the course of the year. Those are some pretty good takeaways, guys. Let me see if there's any comments here, any questions about this game before we move on to the waiver wire. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. What is up? Let's see. Any, how much fab should we use for Zach Wilson in a super flex? I mean, he's going to be the starter all year with really good weapons, and he really didn't look that bad. I'm not paying up too much, um, and I really hate trying to speculate fab because it's so difficult, especially since it varies league to league. But just standard super flex league, I mean, I think you've got to throw at least 20% Zach Wilson's way. I know it might be crazy. Uh, but I think 20% at least, and you might be able to do a little bit more because, I mean, there's not going to be many true starting quarterbacks for the rest of the season like Zach Wilson. There'll be some guys, you know, you could pick up for a couple weeks here and there, but Zach Wilson will be, you know, the starter all year. There's And there's really not anyone behind him unless they want to bring Chris Strebler back. So um, you're going to have to pay up for him if you want him. Um, let's see. Any other questions about this game? No, no. But I do see a question here that we'll talk about at the end of the show. If you have any questions not related to Monday Night Football, just questions in general, go ahead and start asking them. We'll answer them at the end. But let's go ahead and talk about some waivers here. But before that, let's hear from our sponsor, Hey, we've got to talk about Rival Fantasy today. Rival Fantasy, they're a huge supporter of everything we do. The podcast channel, the YouTube channel, it's possible because of Rival, and they have an incredible new offer with promo code PLAYER. Promo code PLAYER, you double your deposit up to $200, and you get $25 in bonus bucks. So it's $225 additional to play in NFL preseason. You can do their props on the fantasy book where it's over, under, over, under, over, under, up to five guys. The more over-unders you hit, the higher your payout. And they have their challenges for the community. You can say, hey, I think that Player X is going to go over this many fantasy points, and someone takes you up on it. They take the other side. It's great. I love their fantasy bingo, where you can do five across, you can do four in the corner, black it out, just predicting fantasy points on your favorite players, especially in preseason. The promo code is PLAYER, where they match your deposit up to $200 plus... Those $25 in bonus bucks. This offer is insane. All right, guys, we are back. Go check out Rival Fantasy. It is very cool. A shout out to Rival as well. I don't know if anyone is listening right now that is in my listener league on Rival Fantasy. Player Profiler did some listener seasonal leagues with them this year. And my league, as well as Jack Cavanaugh's league, was randomly chosen to receive a $1,000 prize pool. So if any of you guys are in my league and listening, there is now $1,000 to be won in this free listener league. So shout out Rival for giving us that. Some of the other listener leagues got like a $500 prize pool, some $250 prize pools. And this was all in our free league. So again, shout out Rival for helping us out there and letting us host some, some leagues on their platform. Go check them out with promo code PLAYER. But it's time, fellas, it's time, ladies, it's time to talk about the waiver wire. And the first thing I want to say, 
I'm going to get a little cute with it here. And I wanted to keep it on the down low, but I want to be first. I want to be early and I want my listeners to be early. No one's talking about this right now. No one's talking about this right now. The player I am really, really interested in picking up this week is Jelani Woods. And the main reason that is, is because he's on IR right now. No one's looking at him. And Anthony Richardson looked absolutely fantastic. And we saw the tight ends, Mo Ali Cox and Kylan Granson getting schemed open really all day. They utilized the tight end in that offense. And I think the athletic profile of Jelani Woods when he returns off IR will be a match made in heaven with Anthony Richardson. And I want to try to get ahead of that. So if I have, you know, if I'm picking someone up and have an IR spot, what I'm going to do is put in a claim for Jelani Woods put them on my IR, and then go pick up some other players that maybe sneak through uh, the waivers, you know, pick up some free agents. But Jelani Woods is someone I want to get ahead on the uh, ahead of the curve on because I really do think that he's going to command a decent bit of targets with Anthony Richardson in that offense. But in terms of the actual standard waiver wire moves that we are talking about today, it of course starts with the quarterback position. And what I'm going to do here is talk about some pickups by position, for really all sorts of league formats, and I'll just kind of go, you know, we're going to start with quarterbacks here. Of course, the number one ad in all leagues for the quarterback position right now is Zach Wilson. Uh, basically, super flex leagues. I mean, you're probably not going to pick him up in one quarterback leagues yet, as there is still some really good one quarterbacks available, um, which I'll talk about here in a second. But in your super flex leagues, you've got to go pick up Zach Wilson. I don't care. That's just the process. A starting quarterback rarely becomes available, especially one that's going to be starting all season with that good of weapons. Um, so yeah, go pick up Zach Wilson. Hopefully he's turned it around. Like I said, I think you can bid at least 20% on him uh, in your super flex leagues, especially if you're needy at quarterback, you could probably go even higher, but you've definitely got to be picking up Zach Wilson and some other quarterbacks in single quarterback leagues that might be available that I think need to be rostered, especially if you have the space or your week at quarterback, are, of course, the rookies Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, Desmond Ritter, Baker Mayfield, Mac Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Kyler Murray. If any of those guys are still available in your single quarterback leagues and you're a little weak there, I would go roster one of those guys and just see what happens. And a couple quarterback stashes that I'm that I'm holding on to in my super flex leagues: Aiden O'Connell, Gardner Minshew, and Marcus Mariota. Those three quarterbacks I do think will eventually start at some point this year, and so I want to go ahead and start stashing them um, and see what happens. So those are my deeper picks, my single quarterback league picks, as well as just the standard pick. Zach Wilson for quarterback. If you guys have any fab questions about um, my, uh, you know, picks, go ahead and ask them here in the comments uh, before we, you know, move on from the position. But uh, someone asked, is there a waiver wire show this year from Matt? Yes, there is. Yes, there is. I'm just doing my own waiver wire because what else am I supposed to talk about on Tuesday during the football season? It's waiver wire day. It's waiver day. So yeah, Zach Wilson, pick him up. Um, John said, stop talking about super flex leagues. No one cares. All right, John. Someone definitely cares. If you're in the comments, if you're listening and, you, and you're and you in a super flex league, let John know why Zach Wilson needs to be rostered. Next up is the running back position. Um, <laughs> uh, of course, guys, and this is going to be different than what everyone is telling you. My number one waiver wire ad outside of Jelani Woods, 
And actually, you know what? My number one waiver wire ad is Joshua Kelly. Everyone's going to be telling you Justice Hill. Everyone's going to be telling you Gus Edwards. Everyone's going to be telling you Puka Nakua. For me, it's Joshua Kelly. He just had the same amount of carries as Austin Eckler. Just had over 100 yards. Had a touchdown. Was utilized on the field a ton. Literally had times where he was a fullback and Austin Eckler was in at the running back and they did a fullback dive with him. Joshua Kelly is being used. Kellen Moore is using him similar to Ezekiel Elliott. And Austin Eckler, as we just talked about, picked up an ankle injury. If that ends up being severe, then we're talking about a bell cow. So I'm spending up for Joshua Kelly, regardless of this injury. He's locked himself into a role, looked really good, and is attached to one of the best offenses in the league. So Joshua Kelly is my priority ad this week. I'm spending up for him and making sure that no one else gets him because he's going to be startable. He's going to be good. Uh, and if Austin Eckler is out, he's going to be even better. And just a little pat on the back as we did the Win Your League with the Player Profiler Staff article series all summer. And for the lead, for the best handcuff running back, the one I chose was Joshua Kelly. And I'm vindicated here week one. Let's go, Joshua Kelly. Some other running backs that need to be picked up are Joshua Justice Hill and Gus Edwards, of course. If Kyron Williams is available, you need to get him. If Roshan Johnson is available in your redraft league, you need to get him. Uh, Kareem Hunt and Leonard Fournette as well. As the injuries are starting to pile up, one of those guys, if not both of those guys, are going to start receiving calls. And when they get signed, you're not going to be able to pick them up because someone else is probably going to beat you to it. Uh, that's just how it goes. So go ahead and roster Kareem Hunt and Leonard Fournette before they get signed. Get ahead of it. Um, someone asked how much fab on Joshua Kelly, um, a good bit, uh, honestly, if, especially if you're needy at running back, we're talking about another, probably 15, 20% bid here with Joshua Kelly. I, I really think he's going to be something special. Someone asks Tyler Algier or Joshua Kelly. Um, if Tyler Algier is available, uh, you probably got to go Algier over him, but I would honestly try to figure out a way to get both, um, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, and in terms of the Ravens, Justice Hill, Gus Edwards because both of them need to be added. I think Gus Edwards is the one I'm going to lean into more because of the coaching staff's trust in him and how long he's been with the team. I think that he's going to get more volume. However, Justice Hill will 100% be more explosive and get the pass catching work. Don't think you can go wrong either way. Also, just remember that Melvin Gordon is being activated from the practice squad. And again, Hunt and Fournette are still out there. So it's possible they're brought in. So I'm not paying up for either Justice Hill or Gus Edwards, but I am at least putting in my claims. The running backs I would be paying up for with Fab are Joshua Kelly, Roshan Johnson, and putting a couple bucks, oh, and Kyron Williams, and then I'll be putting a couple bucks on Hill, Edwards, Hunt, and Fournette. Um, I don't think uh, Hill or Edwards are going to be league-winning waiver wire pickups at all, um, so I, I think they'll be fine, and especially if you're in a pinch, you'll be able to start them, but they definitely don't have any ceiling with Lamar Jackson taking away so many carries. Uh, yeah. So anyway, not super in on those guys, but they at least need to be rostered. Uh, and some deep running backs that I also believe need to be rostered are, uh, Emmanuel Wilson, as we see what happens with the Aaron Jones injury, been talking about it all preseason. You need to go ahead and pick up Emmanuel Wilson for your, for your practice squad. Elijah Dotson, another one, as we talk about this Austin Eckler injury. And of course the usage that we saw with Joshua Kelly. Now it's not even just if Austin Eckler gets hurt, someone else will be the next man up. It's if Joshua Kelly gets hurt, then Elijah Dotson will be the next man up. So both of those rookies, Elijah Dotson and Emmanuel Wilson, need to be picked up. And a couple other ones, these are guys you can probably just pick up on waiver wires. You don't have to put a claim for. 
uh, in your deep leagues. That's going to be Ty Montgomery, who seemed to get a decent bit of usage activated. And if an injury happens to Ramondre, he's going to get a ton of work. He's the pass catching back, the backup pass catching back for the Patriots. So Ty Montgomery, another one is Raheem Blackshear, as the Panthers seem committed to running the ball and having a committee. He has a decent profile and is a very good pass catcher. Blackshear is. So that's someone that I want to go ahead and start stashing. And Daneric Prince. I'm not hopping hopping off the Daneric Prince train. I love the profile. I know he's on the taxi squad or the practice practice squad, whatever. But I do think that Daneric Prince will sniff the field at some point. A, an injury is going to happen to one of McKinnon or Edwards Alaire or Pacheco. It's just what happens in the NFL. Daneric Prince will be activated and he's going to be good. So all of those running backs, I'm going to go ahead and start stashing. And in my deeper leagues, I'm putting an actual claim in for Dotson and Wilson. Now let's talk about the wide receivers. And most people are telling you that Puka Nakua is the wide receiver to add this week. But I think if he's available, I might be prioritizing Rashid Shahid. It's a tough call. Puka Nakua, I'm definitely starting to turn over on. I do think that, you know, he is good. Uh, and in fact, we'll start things off with a Puka Nakua clip I saw because I honestly think it's really interesting. This is taken from an interview. Bridget Condon on Twitter interviewed Pukunakua last Thursday at practice, and this is what he had to say. Oh, hold on. And then when the I'm seeing the defender that's over me thinking, okay, I'm about to run the route on him. And then when the motion comes, I'm like they kind of hesitate and they get ready to switch. So I'm like, oh, so I have to like run vertical while also trying to get to my certain spot. So I'm in the timing of the play and the width, but also can't lose inside leverage of this guy that I have to cross face on because if the route if it's thrown to me like i can't have the defender being in front of where i'm trying to cut so yeah basically pukunakua is learning from cooper cup um a hundred percent right i mean the way you hear him talk about route running where he needs to be in space the timing of the route making sure that the defender is not in front of where he's about to be all of those things are high-level processing that make you a good and great receiver at the NFL level. He's learned from Cooper Cup clearly and seems to be a really good route runner, a guy that really understands the game. And those types of players have a long time in the league and seem to always produce. So I am I am actually completely convinced on Puka Nakua, and I do think that he needs to be added he needs to be paid for, especially in dynasty leagues, because he's going to be used basically all year, even when Cooper Cup comes back. That kind of attention to detail in your route running has to be loved by Sean McVay, has to be loved by Matthew Stafford, and it can only really go up from here. So go ahead and spend up for Puka Nakua. Also spend up for Rashid Shahid. Like I said, I think that he's also very close to Pukunakua in terms of needing to be added. He has locked himself into a fantastic role on the Saints offense, and he is just electric. So go get yourself some Rashid Shahid. Tutu Atwell, I also believe the other Rams receiver that had 119 yards uh, this week, I do believe he needs to be added as well because... Uh, I mean, that speed and that second round draft capital will make the team want to keep going back to him. And when Cooper Cup returns, Tutu Atwell's not really like his role's not really going to change. He's still going to be a field stretcher type of usage. So I do think that Tutu Atwell can be rostered as well. Uh, and then if these guys are available, you might as well pick them up. 
This is more like your less deep leagues, your more redraft. That's going to be Romeo Dubs and Zay Jones. If either of those guys are available, you definitely need to add them. And Kendrick Bourne had a good game. My only concern with Kendrick Bourne is that he doesn't keep it up, right? And then you start to lose confidence in him. We saw this last year, though, where he did start to have some good touchdown games, really start to work himself into this offense. So Kendrick Bourne might actually have finally arrived, but I'm a little hesitant to spend up for him in the way that I would spend up for Shahid or Nakua, um, but still needs to at least be rostered. And so for my deeper leagues, Deontay Hardy, he got himself a decent bit of usage for the Buffalo Bills. And if you want a cheap way to attach yourself to them, that's your guy. Demario Douglas was also utilized a good bit. I think he needs to be rostered. It makes so much sense for a sixth round draft pick to randomly be good on the Patriots, especially a wide receiver. He seems to be a really good route runner. Seems to be loved by the coaching staff and the front office and the fans. So go pick up Demario Douglas. Cavante Turpin actually caught my eye as well. He was utilized in a lot of ways, kind of reminded me of Rashid Shahid, right? Like working on special teams, getting some carries, getting some screens, maybe a mix of like a Rondale Moore. But again, if you want a cheap way to attach yourself to the Cowboys, Cavante Turpin is that way. He had a great game, scored a touchdown, looked good on special teams, looked explosive, looked like a human joystick. So go ahead and pick up Cavante Turpin as well. And I think, you know, I, I know we saw this last year with River Craycraft where he would have a good game and then disappear. That may still happen this year, but River Craycraft keeps doing it, right? Keeps scoring these touchdowns, had a decent bit of targets for the Dolphins. And with that offense looking so explosive, you might as well pick up River Craycraft in your extremely deep leagues and just see what happens. Um, but finally, let's go ahead and move on to the tight end position. And the number one tight end ad is going to be Hayden Hurst. This guy is looking like he's going to lead the Panthers in targets this year. And that's the exact thing you want for tight end. Volume is king with this position and he's going to get it. So Hayden Hurst needs to be picked up if he isn't already. Couple other ones that might be available. Hunter Henry and Luke Musgrave need to be rostered. Luke Musgrave, of course, a rookie, but looked pretty good. And the Packers offense looked good as well. So I want him. And Hunter Henry looks to continue his chemistry with Mac Jones, looks to still be one of his favorite targets, and looks to still be pretty good. And this Patriots offense does seem to have been revived. And the last time Bill O'Brien was the Patriots offensive coordinator, was the Aaron Hernandez Gronk year in 2011, where both of them were top eight options um, at the position. So I think Hunter Henry is going to continue to be successful, and you might as well pick him up. And in your deeper leagues, you can pick up Durham Smythe. I'm picking up Durham Smythe, again, attaching myself to the Dolphins offense. He has a decent profile, got some good usage. Uh, might as well pick him up because tight ends are hard to come by. Go get yourself some Durham Smythe. Uh, at the tight end position in your deeper leagues and maybe Mike Jasicki if he's available as well in your deeper leagues. All right, guys, those are my waiver wire ads of the week. There are some, you know, other ones that I'm thinking about, but I think those are the ones that make the most sense. Gave you guys a little bit of a sneak peek into Jelani Woods. I do think that he needs to be rostered for sure. I don't think he needs to be available. I think that when he returns, he's going to lock himself into some good targets with Anthony Richardson on that offense. But let's see, do we have any questions from you guys, the audience? Mike Evans or DK Metcalf? DK Metcalf. 
Uh, oh, someone said, don't forget Gainwell. Sorry, I just assumed he was taken. I'm so used to the player profiler bubble. If Kenneth Gainwell is available, pick him up and spend up for him as well. The Eagles running back, like we saw last year, was extremely valuable. Miles Sanders had touchdown after touchdown, multiple huge ceiling games. Kenneth Gainwell is fantastic. Um, let's see. Somebody, how... Oh, oh, okay. Eighteen-man guillotine league. So somehow Christian McCaffrey became available. Out of a thousand-dollar budget, how much would you spend, and how much is too much? Honestly, you might as well just spend all thousand, man. Honestly, I don't even know if that's bad advice, but just spend all thousand. Why wouldn't you? It's Christian McCaffrey. Just go ahead and just do it. Would you trade Nick Chubb for Tua and Ramondre? Assuming this is single quarterback league. Um, yeah, I think so still, especially since you said you had Tyreek Hill and Superflex, 100% you're doing that, but I don't think it is. Um, yeah, yeah. Give me give me Tua and Ramondre, especially to complete your Tyreek Hill stack. Um, am I sure DK is going to be better than Mike Evans? Uh, well, if this is a redraft question, I mean, I don't know, but in Dynasty, yeah, I'm a, I'm a thousand percent sure that DK Metcalf is going to be better than Mike Evans um, over everything. Um or especially over, you know, the next few years. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm going to take DK here. I like the Seahawks offense a little bit better. I think Mike Evans is going to have his games, but it's DK Metcalf we're talking about here. Uh, let's see. Would you trade Justin Fields, CeeDee Lamb, and Jonathan Taylor for Jalen Hurts, Amon Ra, and Brian Robinson? Uh, I feel like I answered this question yesterday. Uh, and the answer I gave was yes, or was it no? It was no, it was no, it was no, no. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to keep rolling with Fields, Lamb and Jonathan Taylor there, chef. Those guys are all potentially top three at their position. So go ahead and keep it. CD Lamb or Michael Pittman, CD Lamb, Juwan Johnson, or Dalton Kincaid this week, Dalton Kincaid. Would you start Kelly over Damian Pierce if Eckler is injured? Yes. And I would start Kelly over Damian Pierce if Eckler isn't injured. Would you trade Justin Fields for Trevor Lawrence and half PPR? Yes, yes, probably, probably. Uh, and someone on Instagram asks, is it George Pickens season? I don't know. I know I saw that Deontay Johnson is expected to miss some time with his hamstring injury, but I don't know. I kind of liked the idea of George Pickens just being that outside threat with Deontay Johnson taking away some coverage. We'll see what happens with George Pickens. I am a huge George Pickens guy, but it, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be much easier for him now. One good thing for him, of course, is that he's a contested catch guy, so ultimately he'll be fine even if he can't get the separation. But still, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm actually trying to sell George Pickens right now. I think the hype has kind of bubbled up a little bit, um, and, and this has been a guy I've been on all season. Um, and someone says, would you trade Swift for DJ Moore? Yes, I would. Get Calvin Austin. Yes, thank you, Chuka. Actually, yes, this is one player I forgot about. Calvin Austin needs to be rostered. He was the leading receiver for the Steelers this week. and has 4-2 speed, and one guy I had been betting on that I was, am starting to admit I'm wrong on was Tyquan Thornton because of his 4-2 uh, speed. Well, Calvin Austin has the same speed and seems to be healthier, being utilized more, and on a better offense. So yeah, go get yourself some Calvin Austin. I like that one. And is Allen Robinson startable this week? I don't know. I don't think I'm ever going to start Allen Robinson. I know he got utilized, but I just, I can't bear, I just can't bring myself to do it. Uh, and finally, this will be the last question, guys get you guys out of here. Jake Ferguson or Tyler Higby in full PPR. Tyler Higby, 
easily. I really do believe that Jake Ferguson is going to lose this job by the end of the year. Luke Schoonmaker is too athletic, and Jake Ferguson dropped too many passes for him to keep that job steadily, although he is definitely a really good blocker. So it, it might take some time, but I just don't see Jake Ferguson having the PPR upside that Tyler Higby has. All right, guys, thank you all for tuning in. This was another great episode of The Wake and Take. You guys were a great audience. I was Jason. This was Wake and Take. That was football discussion. You guys have a fantastic Tuesday. I hope you get your waiver claims overnight. Uh, and I hope to see you all tomorrow as we do a little bit of a wallet Wednesday. Some players to buy, some players to sell, as well as breaking down some of the latest news on the Player Profiler YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.